The amazing thing about the gospel, friends, is that today Jesus died. The excite, even more exciting thing is that he rose again and so conquered death. He conquered death. And so, and what happens now for believers in particular, I've had, I've had a number of moments where I've sat and I've, and I've helped people transition into death. I've had three moments like that. They've, been, they've had cancer. Um, the, the first one that I, that I had the privilege of doing that with was with uh, Bill Luthwaite, Pam and Bill. And, and I sat with Bill before he died. He was on his, he was, he was literally, we'd been praying, we'd saying, God, please bring healing. But you've got to have faith for healing, but then eventually it moves, and you've got to actually have faith to die. You know what's interesting, friends? We speak to doctor friends of mine, and their overwhelming response is this. The people that respond to death the worst are Christians. That should not be the case. For the Christian, for the Jesus follower, for the believer, the most, the, the, the death is no longer what it used to be. It no longer is the enemy that it used to be. Death has lost its sting. And in, in and through death, there's incredible healing. And in through death, on the other side of death, is resurrection life. On the other side of that is resurrected bodies when Jesus returns. So I want to I talk this morning. I'm going to get to this. What happens when we die? What happens when we die? Simple. So, just to remind you, death was not in the plan of God. Death, friends, was a result of sin. Death was never part of God's creational intent. Death was the negation of everything that God put in place by creating Adam and Eve. So we've got to know that. That's a big idea. And because of that, the good news is, is that death has been overcome, was conquered, by defeated by Jesus. We know this thing. Just to, just to remind you. Which means that Jesus' death was the, the atoning sacrifice from sin. It was because of sin that we died. And, and the ultimate death was the, was the breaking of fellowship with God, with the, with the life, with the resurrection, the Zoe life of God. And ultimately led to physical death. But actually the greater death that we can have, friends, is to die away from God. A die away from the presence of God. Friends, this should motivate us to tell people about Jesus. Dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Dying away from the presence of God, dying away from Jesus is the worst thing that can happen to you. And what we get reminded to today is the, is, the, is the anticipation that we have as believers when we transition from this life to the next. So, Jesus was the atoning sacrifice for sin. He paid the penalty of sin. He, Jesus' death perfectly fulfilled the Old Testament law. The Old Testament law required that if there was sin, there needed to be a, blood, a shedding of blood. And Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice that perfectly fulfilled the justice of God in the Old Testament. And not only that, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus was the establishing of a new covenant. So we now live, if we believe in Jesus, in, in, this, in this new covenant that completely superseded the old one. This new covenant where, where Jesus comes on our behalf and perfectly establishes an unbreakable relationship with God. 
It's better, the Bible says, it's a better covenant because it's got better foundations. It has a perfect lamb, it's a perfect covenant, and it's an eternal one, and we get to participate in that. And we remember this every Sunday, friends, every time we meet, every time we break bread, we remember this, but especially over this weekend, we put it in the forefront of our minds. Death, friends, is no longer a satisfaction for the punishment of sin. We don't die because of the punishment of sin. We die, actually this is an exciting thought. Death for a believer is not an end, it's a beginning. It's the transition, the Bible often talks about, and this guy fell asleep. It's a transition from this life to the next. We don't die because of the punishment of sin. We die because of, of the consequence of a world that we live in where Jesus has not yet returned and made it complete and brought the new heavens and the new earth. We live in this already not yet stage where we die, but we don't die away from Christ. We die into Christ. Friends, death is not an end, but a beginning for us as, a belie as believers. It's no longer for us where as we face death, it's no longer the curse of death, but an excitement and anticipation of being with Jesus. Ultimately, we find healing through death. If we don't find healing in this life, as a believer, a person that comes into the presence of Christ as we die, we'll be completely healed. All sickness, all disease, every, every part of what death entails gets eradicated from our system. It's, an, it's, not, a, it's not an end, but a beginning. Abbot, this guy, Christopher Jamison, wrote, wrote a book called uh, Finding Sanctuary. And I love this little quote he says. He says this, The ability to die well is an underrated skill. I want to encourage us, friends. I want to encourage us. What the death of Jesus does for us, it makes us excited about meeting him. Not fearful. If, we, if, we, if there's no anticipation of what that means, death will forever be an enemy that is undefeated for us. And we'll not live in the joy now of what we have because if that is not our enemy anymore, what can be? And so what happens is we lose the joy of this life. We lose the anticipation and the excitement of a, ultimately a resurrected body in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and, and one of the things that we, do, we lose as well is we lose the joy to, to tell people about Jesus. We are not scared of death, friends. Is it difficult for those around us when we die? Absolutely. We the reason why we grieve is because we love. If you don't love, you won't grieve. Of course it's difficult. But for you that is facing this moment... There should be this anticipation, this excitement. The last, the last time I spoke to somebody about this was um, Heidi Wilson's mom, Ed. She's passed away now. It was probably a month or six weeks before she passed away. And I spoke to her about the, the, the peace that she's going to enter. And I try to put faith in her heart to say, Ed, are you excited about this? Don't be fearful. You know all the pain that you're in right now? It's going to be gone. 
You know, that, you know your, 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 your love to be intimate with Jesus as you have your devotions and you spend time with your friends and you read the scriptures. You know, you know that hunger and that expectation to meet Jesus, to be with Jesus? It's not going to be difficult anymore. It's going to be in his face. Are you excited? I hope you're not fearful. The amazing thing is that she was in perfect peace. She didn't have to put right with anybody. She had done everything. And you know what happens is, it's like death is the, the elephant in the room in these moments because you kind of know that this person is on their, on their way to meet Jesus. And you're kind of a little bit scared to talk about it because, yeah, death. Have, if I talk about death, it means I haven't got faith. It means I haven't got faith for healing. No, friends, we can have faith for healing and faith to live well and faith to die well. Today, when we think about the death of Jesus, there's an excitement about the resurrection that is coming and that we are going to experience in a very powerful way. Somebody said this, at death, we are the person we have become all our lives. You know, friends, when we die, everything, what we take into, into the next life is the person you have become. In fact, that's all you take. It's the person that you have become. This life, you see why it's so important for us to understand this. This life is the preparing of the person that you'll become one day when you get to meet Jesus. This is why the scriptures are so powerful around sanctifying, of walking with him, becoming more like Christ. It's, it's like you're becoming somebody. And at your death, you become fully the person that you've become all your life. Unfortunately, there are some people that when they die, they are at their absolute bitterest, most hard-hearted, meanest. Because it's all that they've become in their life. But then you get Ed who's at absolute peace and an excitement to meet with her Savior, absolute gentle to her family, so appreciative, so, so loves her family, so talking words of life over her kids and her grandchildren. This is the excitement, friends, that we meant to face that transition with in our lives. I don't want us to be a community that's scared of death. We need to put the death in the gospel picture of the good news of all that Jesus has done and live with anticipation, joy of what that means. So what, what happens when we die? This is what's going to happen to us. Ultimately, the big idea in Scripture is this is that there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth, and we are going to be there. Jesus is going to return and raise, give his church, give his people resurrected bodies. Jesus had one of those. The big, the big idea in the scriptures is this. In anticipation of the day when Jesus returns, when we live with a resurrected body. Please, can I just say, we are humans, not angels. We don't, we angel, we're humans, we've got bodies. We're going to have a body. I'm hoping it's going to be a body like Christian Bread and Cup. 
But I don't think we're going to have to have a comparison. Because I'm going to be fully satisfied with who I am in Him and my body is going to be okay. But we're going to have a body. Friends, please do understand, when you, when you look forward to this moment, you're going to look forward to a bodily existence with Christ in eternity. You'll be constantly learning more about Jesus. We're going to be working. We're going to be doing things. We're not going to be floating on the clouds playing harps. That is not an existence that excites me. Especially as a fat little cherub. Can I just say this, friends? When we get excited about the resurrection, you don't have to have a bucket list. Get rid of your bucket list. Believers don't need a bucket list. You know what bucket list is? It's the list of things that you want to do. There was a movie called The Bucket List. It's the list of things you want to do before you die and you go crazy. I want to tell you, your bucket list is still coming. You don't, your best life is still coming. Your bucket list, you don't need a bucket list. You don't need to. What you need to, what you need to do for your bucket list now is to love and live well so that you can die well. That's what should be our bucket list. It's resurrection bodies. Resurrection life with each, with each other. Ultimate intimacy. There's not going to be marriage in heaven. but there, there is a marriage in heaven, but there's not going to be marriages in heaven. There's going to be the marriage of the, of, the, of, the, of the bride and the bridegroom, Jesus and his church. There's going to be this idea of marriage, but there's going to be an intimacy with each other and with Jesus and with God that we've never experienced and can't imagine. No sin. The whole universe redeemed. All nations redeemed. All cultures redeemed. There's going to be different cultures. But they're going to be redeemed cultures. I can't wait to, to understand what redeemed steel be behaves like. Have you thought of that? Friends, what we think now of, what we think of now as natural, we just want to go organic and we just want to go into kind of like all earthy green. That's fallen nature. That's fallen. We don't know what that, that, that is going to be like. We don't know. How, do, how does the earth respond outside of sin? It's incredible, friends. Imagine the crops. I want to get excited about resurrection. But before we get to resurrection, friends, and this is something that is kind of not much preached about. I've never preached about this. What happens before, because what happens, you die now, but Jesus returns then. Resurrection, life. We understand that. We, we kind of know more about what happens in between death and resurrection. Have you ever thought of that? I want to get you excited. In the scriptures... It kind of doesn't tell you exactly what it's going to be like, the nature of it, but it kind of tells you what it's going to, it gives you a picture of it, but it, you don't get all the details. The, 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 the theologians call this the intermediate state. We're going theological at six o'clock in the morning without coffee. It's tough, I know. But I'm hoping you're going to get excited as I am about this. What we know is this, 
Between death and resurrection, you don't get annihilated. You don't cease to exist. We get that. You also don't enter a thing called soul sleep, where you kind of just fall asleep unconsciously and then suddenly wake up when the resurrection comes. It's not that. And can I also say, which is probably more known by most of us, there's no such thing as purgatory. This purgatory was a Roman Catholic theological device that kind of gave you a second chance that after you died, if the people on earth prayed enough and gave enough penance and gave enough money to the church, you could maybe get saved. There's no such thing as purgatory, friends. You have one chance in this life and that's it. You put your faith in Jesus and then you receive eternal life. If you don't, you choose not to have eternal life. Jesus sends nobody away from him. People choose not to be with Jesus. Always. So purgatory is also not that thing. There's not a second chance. You, don't, you can't pray for the dead to get somewhere. Can't do that. Once you're done, you're done. You become fully everything that you have become all your life. In Christ or outside of Christ because of the way that you've chosen, decided, and lived. It's, it's unbelievably daunting. This is quite interesting, which you might also not know. I get excited about these things. There's two words. In the Old Testament, the realm of the dead was called Sheol. In the New Testament, the Greek version of that is the word Hades. You might know the word Hades, like Greek gods and all those sorts of things. Those two, those two words in the text, this is so detailed, I'm just giving you like a little excitement taster. Maybe some of you will be Bible nerds and go into it more. So when, when the Bible talks about Sheol and Hades, it actually doesn't talk about hell. Those are not the words of hell. There's a different word for hell, separation from God eternally. These are, are words where the, they're the places where the dead are. And there's kind of different things in the Old Testament and New Testament. And there's kind of a whole theological thing where guys kind of, I don't want to get into all of that. I want to get you excited about what that place looks like for you and me as followers of Jesus. So there is this place, this intermediate space where, where, where believers will go in anticipation of the resurrection of their bodies. And it's in the New Testament quite a bit. There's kind of Luke chapter 16, which is the, the story that is told of, of Lazarus, the, the poor man um, that was sitting at the right hand of Abraham. And then there was a rich man um, on the other side of a big chasm. And it, it kind of talks about this, this space where, where, you, where believers will go to the same place that Lazarus went to at Abraham's side. It's a waiting place. There's also a whole bunch of other ones, like, probably you will probably know this one, in Luke chapter 23, verse 42, Jesus says this to the thief on the cross. He says to the guy, he says to him, listen now, he says, the, 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 the thief says to him, he says, please remember me at the end of the age in the kingdom. And Jesus says, no worry, don't worry about that, today you will be in paradise with me. Remember that? The reason why that man got saved on the cross because he recognized Jesus as the Messiah, the King. He, wanted, he said, don't forget me when we come to the age because that's what the Messiah would do. 
Jesus says, but no, don't worry about this. Today you will be with me in paradise. What is that word paradise? This is probably the easiest way to kind of one of the simplest scriptures to understand this. Paradise was a, a, another word that was used for the third heaven. And so we see this, in fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. When, when Paul talks about himself, he says this. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven. Whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man cannot utter. So Paul puts these two things together. What is the third heaven that he talks about? It's the place where God dwells, simply. It's the place where God dwells. So what, what Jesus tells the thief on the cross, he says, you've recognized me as Messiah and you're right to do so. You are gonna, you're going to come into the kingdom. You see, if you put your faith in the king, you enter the kingdom. Simple. He says, but today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today you are going to be with me in this third heaven place, in this, the place where God dwells place, and you're going to be with me. Don't worry about the end of the age. You're going to be with me today. When we die, you and me together, we're going to see each other. We're going to find each other in the presence of our God. Another beautiful text around this. Oh, this will be my last one. There's tons of them. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul says this. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. It's quite interesting. So the construction of the Greek of that is the timing. The one part of it is the timing. It's like a desire to be with Jesus now. A desire to depart from you and be with Christ now. There's an immediacy to this thing. But more than that, it's better by far. So although, although we're not living with resurrection bodies, the place that we are going to be in will be with Jesus intimately face to face. It's going to be far better than what we have now. And it's going to be immediately as we die now we enter there. Interesting, eh? So, so this is the anticipation. We, we're living in this space. We can anticipate being face to face, intimate with God in a powerful, profound way. But even in that place, there's going to be an expectation for the resurrection of our bodies. Amazing, eh? Have you thought about this? I want you to get excited about this. You see, if we can face this life without a fear of death, imagine what God can do with us. If you can face, face sickness without a fear of death, imagine what God can do through you. If you can pray for the sick without a fear of death, imagine what God can do with you. You see, friends, this is an incredibly, incredibly powerful process for us as believers to understand. So remember, we can't be scared of death. Friends, death is not the elephant in the room as believers. 
It's just so profound. I see it over and over again. Everybody's too scared to talk about it. I said to Jenny Ward the other day, I mean, you might think this is a bit callous. But Jenny's my friend. I love her. She loves me, I hope. I said, Jenny, have you planned your funeral yet? Have you? She says, Stan, I have. I know exactly who's going to talk. I've got the three people that are going to say something. And I know the songs we're going to sing. That's how believers should be living, friends. We can expect to fall asleep in him. I don't know how many bodies I've been around as a pastor. I've never seen a dead body except being a pastor. Lots, like 10. I've been in probably two or three where I've been watching the person on a hospital bed take their last breath. And it's kind of traumatized me. But I'm beginning to realize it's not trauma, friends. If you are in Christ, you fall asleep. It's like you fall asleep. It's, like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a destination. It's a transition. You fall asleep and then you wake up in the presence of Jesus. Immediately. You fall asleep and you have absolute intimate fellowship with Christ. We're not sure exactly what that's going to look like. It's kind of, it seems like it's not in bodily form. But on the other hand, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus, Paul, Peter saw Moses and Elijah. And um, what's his name? Yeah, Elijah. So he could see him, but remember, that's them and their unresurrected bodies. I don't understand. It's kind of beyond my sci fi mind. But one thing I do know, it's intimate fellowship. It's immediately into the presence of God. The believer is never ever separated from the love of God. Nothing can separate you. There's no moment in that transition where you're not in the love of Christ. You've been promised that you will never die. You fall asleep and you wake up in the presence of Jesus with ultimate intimacy absolute comfort and an expectation and a desire for a resurrected body to be reunited in bodily form or living on this earth doing what God has intended for us to do for all eternity. Are you excited? Are you excited, friends? I remember Trevor. Trevor was an undertaker dude. He's retired now. He did, true, eh? Is it called an undertaker? It is, eh? I remember being called to one of the congregants when we were at Glenwood. Peter phoned me and said, Stan, Candace has died. Rush there. She's still lying in the bed, dude. But, and I helped Trevor pick up the sheet and carry Candace put her on the trolley, put her into the thing to go. You know the amazing thing is what was left there, not Candace. It's a body. Candace in the presence of God. 
with this deep desire. Lord, I can't wait for my body again. Friends, do not fear death. We've got to live joyfully in this space and speak to people that are dying, friends. They need your faith. Don't, don't, don't not talk about it. We kind of just like, go away, don't talk about it. Friends, joy, expectation, presence of Jesus, intimacy with Jesus, perfect comfort, perfect life with Jesus, and a further anticipation of a resurrected body when Jesus makes it all new again. Bless you. And I pray this Easter, on Sunday we're going to talk about the resurrection and all what God does through resurrection. Father, I ask you for your power, for your love, for your goodness, for your kindness to be with your church, Lord. Father, thank you for dying so that we can live. Thank you for defeating death. Thank you for conquering death. The ultimate victory. Thank you for taking the sting out of death. That we can face that transition with faith, with joy, with expectation and anticipation, Lord. Help us to live well so that we can die well. Help us to live in faith so that we can die in faith, Lord. When it comes, when it's our turn, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for freeing us, Lord, from the sting of death. Bring your life and your goodness to us as your church, Lord. Especially over this weekend. I pray do something on Sunday, Lord. Put resurrection life in us, Lord God. We get to die before we die in anticipation of the physical death we get to do so we can know you better. We get resurrection life, Lord. We have this life, you see, this resurrection life in us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us, Lord God, in anticipation of that day, Lord God. Help us as your church, Lord God, to be clothed with that spirit, to be filled with that spirit, Lord God. Bring joy to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.